0: During the pandemic, we understood that small businesses were hurting, and we helped them, and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. All of a sudden, when it's about our students, they challenge it. That is not right, that is not fair, and that is what we are fighting as well, when we say, hands on student debt. This is Plausibly Live. Well, good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you are, whatever you do. A lot of things happening in the world today, most of them far beyond our control, you might say. So perhaps it's time we took a pause and thought about life and thought about the laws of gravity, student loan bailouts, Article 5 conventions, Wyoming, politics, and or the news. Don't touch that dial. Just try to hear me out for a little while. Normally... Uh, I would have, by this point, listened to the arguments uh, at the Supreme Court. Uh, One of the things that I really appreciate about what Justice Roberts has done, Chief Justice Roberts, is showing us, um, letting us hear the arguments, not just read them. And almost instantaneously, I mean, within a few minutes of the the end of the argument, we get to hear it. Normally, in a case like this, I would have listened to it already. Uh, Things have been a little busy, and it's going to be this afternoon before I can actually listen to the arguments that are made, but I am told by no less than the New York Times that the arguments were leaning to the conservative majority, which is going to strike down the Biden plan for repayment of student loan debt, as has been challenged by multiple states and other entities. I'm okay with that. I I don't know where anybody else stands on it, but this program to me was absurd. And it's just a grand exercise in vote buying. But that said, you know, I live in 21st century America, so I don't always get my way on things. My local news is full of this this morning. Full of it. Um, Between that and the fact that today is the first day of... um, Women's History Month. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't know it until I had to sit through a 10-minute interview, television interview. Folks, I've been around this business now for a long time, and I can tell you that 10 minutes of anything is a long time. A 10-minute interview, when you're talking to somebody interesting, goes by really quick. When you're talking to a politician, it's a waste of time. And more importantly, and, and television is even worse because It's a visual medium that you're hearing. And so you hear this person that they're interviewing sitting extremely still and looking straight into the camera with a bit of a smile. And they never move. They never blink. They never do anything. And, of course, we had to sit through 10 minutes of Senator Patty Murray about that this morning because it's Women's History Month. Huzzah. But they also had a lot of coverage of the student loan thing because we had a big rally up here as well in in Olympia. and the quote that caught my eye, my ear, I guess, was the woman who was screeching, not Randy, what's her name, Weingarten, uh, who was screeching in Washington, D.C. You heard her at the top of the show. Uh, but the woman here that was screeching said, Student debt relief will change and save lives. Student debt relief will change. I can agree with that. I mean, If I suddenly had $40,000 worth of debt wiped out, I mean, sure, it would change my life in a way. I mean, who knows how significantly, but um, depends on what my payments were, I guess. But she added that it will save lives. I have no idea how it's going to do that. I have no idea how it's going to save lives. And the idea that the reason we have to do this, the reason we have to forgive student loan debt is because it will save just one life is a radical departure from what i would consider to be uh, logic and rational thinking but if we could save just one life it's worth 40 billion dollars to the american taxpayer right and that seems to be the approach look i've said this god for 20 years that i've been on the air i would love to go to college and get my degree in history i would nothing would give me Greater pleasure. Well, I, I'm not going to say that. It would give me great pleasure to have my degree in history. It really would. I I would very much like that. Even the the university that I really want to go to, the University of Oklahoma, recruited me to come there during the pandemic. They were pushing for people to to do online schooling, which is what I would want to do. Um, and they tried to get me to go to the University of Oklahoma, and they sold it to me as You know, you've said you wanted your degree in history. We have a great, a fantastic history department. Come to the University of Oklahoma. and, And it would have been great because, you know, my parents live three miles from the front gate of OU. And it sort of made sense. I mean, I was looking at it going, okay, I could get this done in less than two years and have my degree in history. And then she started talking about, well, okay, how are we gonna pay for this? And I went, Well, what are my options? And she started pitching student loans. She started pitching, taking out debt. And I stopped her. I said, Look, I'm fifty-eight years old at the time. I'm not taking on debt to get a piece of paper that has an ROI of zero. See, I may not have a college degree. But I've been around long enough to know certain things. And one of the things I've learned is that if something has an ROI of zero and you're just doing it for pleasure, that's great. But you don't go into debt for those things. You don't No, I'm not going into debt for this. And she said, Well, your household makes too much money, so you don't qualify for grants, you don't qualify for this. And it's like, Well, you could pay for it yourself. I said, Yeah, I I you know, I mean I could do that. But again, it's an ROI of zero for something that I just want to have, not because it's going to do anything for me. Nobody is going to look at me and go, well, Dave has a degree in history. See, it's up here on his wall. Um, and and suddenly I'm going to be, I don't know, you know, everybody, everybody will suddenly take me seriously or not. I joke a lot about, you know, back when I was on radio. I would say something and people would call me and text me and email me and tell me I was an idiot because people like to do that they tell me I'm an idiot all the time. And then a week later Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity would say exactly the same thing and people would go, "See? See, that's that's what it's all about." It's the same thing here. I mean, great, he's got a college degree in history. See, before he didn't know nothing. Now he knows something. <laughs> it's nonsense. It's it's this whole idea of college has become little more than a money, money-making scam. That's all it is. Millions of people borrowed billions of dollars to go to school to get degrees that they didn't need, uh, except that employers for some reason, uh, require them. And I don't, I don't really understand that either. I, I was a CEO for many years and frankly, the people who didn't have degrees were better employees as a general rule of thumb, but there you go. Anyway, University of Oklahoma and I decided that we weren't going to do that because uh, she was i i I got the feeling she was surprised that I was turning it down this great honor of going to the University of Oklahoma which I've always wanted to do I wanted to go to OU since I was eight or nine years old but i'm not I'm not going into debt for it I mean I can walk into the campus bookstore right now and buy books and and learn everything that I would learn in the class but to get that piece of paper that says I did it that's really all this is about. The Supreme Court, like I said, is leaning appears to be leaning towards striking it down. Now, you can never go with that for certain. You can never say definitively the Supreme Court is going to strike this down. But the general feeling is, and I will have a better understanding of this later today, that the Supreme Court seems to be leaning that direction, which makes sense to me. I mean, this is clearly clearly an unconstitutional impingement. And you can get into the hows and whys of it. But at the same time, there's, you know, there's there's reasons for it. I can make the argument, folks. I can sit here and make the argument for why we should forgive student loan debt. Frankly, college has become a money-making scheme, as I said. That's all it is. It's a money-making scheme. And you... you It's like medical costs. The only reason medical costs are going up is because of government involvement in the whole thing. I can make the argument that college debt should be forgiven because it was a fraudulent scheme to to get people into debt and so forth and so on. But I don't believe that argument. I can understand it. I can make it. But I don't believe it. And so we're back to this idea then that... (laughs) Should I have to pay for somebody else's college education? I don't think I should. You don't think they should. But there are millions of people in this country who think that that's just perfectly okay. I expect that this ruling, this is where I'm going to get weird. Um, This this ruling is going to set off another round of protests. Probably not as intense as the ones over Dobbs were, but there will be protests in the street about student loan debt forgiveness, and I fully expect that this decision will be leaked prior to its being issued. I fully expect that controversial, we have set the precedent now, that controversial Supreme Court rulings, controversial meaning uh, Supreme Court rulings that displease the political left, will be leaked in advance so that protests can be organized and brouhaha can ensue. So what I'm telling you is plan for that because that's coming. And when it does come, be ready for it. People are going to be mad because you're not going to pay for their college that they don't need, that they aren't going to learn anything from. And at the end of the day, you can go on the Internet. There are sites that will tell you everything you want to learn there. You can buy books, read books, learn everything you need to know and not have to go to all those other waste of time classes that are literally nothing than money-making scams. But we'll see how that goes. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Zy Dave. This is Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Internet Radio Show on Demand. And I'm live right now, but by the time you hear it, it will not be live, so enjoy. You can always get me at Dave at the The text machine, voicemail machine still works, 209-565-DAVE. I know it has a weird answering thing to it right now. I was just playing around with it one day to see what I could do, but... Anyway, it it does work. 209-565-DAVE is the text num- number. 209-565-3283. In other news, a story out of Wyoming yesterday, Cheyenne, which uh, was it Casper? Not Cheyenne. Anyway, point being that uh, the state of Wyoming is noted as a strongly conservative state. Uh, it's a state that i like it's a beautiful place there's hardly anybody there um and it's just uh I, I can tell you from personal experience going there many times it is a very beautiful place my parents were assigned there for many years uh, my sister was assigned uh, to sheridan for m- many years and i spent a lot of time there took my son there in 2018 we t- we went to wyoming so that i could show him this place and and. Of all the states I've been to, and I've been to 47 of them, the the three I'm missing are Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And I was going to go because my brother moved to Maine, so I was going to go at some point and visit him and then get those three states. But but now he's moving back, so that's not going to happen. Anyway, Wyoming is probably my favorite, hands down. It's it's incredibly beautiful. It doesn't have the issues that California has uh, or other places. But it is changing like anywhere else. But there was a bill in the Washington State, Washington, Wyoming State Legislature this session to take action on the Convention of States movement. Now, for those of you not keeping up, and I don't know who you are, but the Convention of States is the idea that under Article 5 of the Constitution, the states can call a convention and pass amendments and changes to the Constitution of the United States. And this has become a very populist idea, particularly on the conservative right. We feel like, well, we we don't need to wait for Congress. We can do this. Uh, It's never been successfully done. You need to understand that. It's been tried twice, officially, and failed both times. And it failed both times for the same reason that it'll fail if it ever does happen. Um, The whole idea of the Convention of the States is badly flawed. It assumes, and yes, I know what that word means. That everybody agrees that this has to be done. Um, most conservative movements, with regards to the Article 5 Convention of the States, believe that everybody believes the way they do. But here's the problem with it. Um, if, if conservative states, and as of right now, there are 19 that have agreed to take action, 19 is not sufficient. You need 35, I think. Um, you're never going to get there. But 19 have officially taken some action, saying we should have a convention of the states. But what's to stop liberal states? And by the way, all 19 of those are Republican-controlled states. What's to stop Democrat states, California, Washington, Oregon, New York, almost Florida, uh, to do the same thing? Now, we don't like some of the things that are in the Constitution either. Let us call a convention of the states to propose amendments. We don't like the First Amendment. We don't like the fact that uh, Scott Adams can say stupid things. We don't like the fact that Dave Bowman can say things we don't like. We don't like the fact that Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity or anybody else, you know, can say things that we don't approve of. So let's have a convention and let's cut back on that First Amendment thing. What's to stop them from doing that? You don't like the 10th Amendment, you know, powers reserved to the states and the people respectively? That's created some hubbub lately. We don't like that. Well, let's have a convention and repeal it. Or a movement to repeal it. What's to stop that from happening? So everybody assumes in these conventions of the state movements that everybody thinks the way they do. Everybody thinks that everybody agrees with us. And the fact is, that's not true. And you don't have to be a college-educated scientist to know that walk outside and talk to your neighbors about? it. Do you really believe that if there was a convention of the state, you could get three-fourths of the states to ratify anything? Anything at all? Nobody is thinking about this, this little idea here, that just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. We need to stop the assumption, stop assuming, that A, we have a three-fourths majority, which is necessary to get anything passed, and that everybody thinks the same way you do. Or I do. Look, just because I agree with you that the country is going the wrong direction and that conservatism would be a better choice, just because I agree with you on that doesn't mean that we agree on how to do it. I've seen people who want to go to this Convention of the States, who want to do things... That I completely disagree with when it comes to things like the First Amendment and its prohibitions on on establishment of religion. I'm not going to vote for that. We're not this is a fact. It is an absolute fact. It's an unarguable fact. Almost half the take any position that you have, I don't care what it is First Amendment, Second Amendment, Third Amendment, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, Sixth, Seventh, Eighth, Ninth, doesn't matter what it is. Almost half the people in this country do not agree with the way you see it or I see it. And we're not talking about right or wrong here because everybody assumes that they're right. I can make that argument just like I did about student debt. I can make an argument about the immorality of capital punishment. I can make an argument about the immorality of, you know, too many guns on the streets and so forth. I can make that argument. I don't believe it. I don't accept it. I don't agree with it. But I can see those arguments being made. And just like college has become a money-making scheme, just like medical systems have become a money-making scheme, this whole idea of modifying the Constitution for my own benefit, for my own like, for my own ideas, is an anathema to the ideas of the Constitution. It's totally the opposite. It's we the people, not I the people. One of the legislators in Wyoming said this. And I don't know that I've ever heard it put better. I really don't. I'm embarrassed that I didn't, I mean, I, I think I've said this on numerous occasions, but he actually said it in a legislative session, which, you know, I didn't. So there you go. And until I get elected governor in 2028 of Wyoming, I probably won't say it there. But, but this is what he said. And this is, a, this is a quote from our standpoint, and this is a very conservative guy. Very conservative guy in a very conservative state. From our standpoint, the Constitution is not broken. It is the people that we put in office that don't adhere to the principles of the Constitution. Unquote. And he's absolutely right. I would go on to add that not only is it the people that we put in office that don't adhere to the principles of the Constitution, it's we the people who are not adhering to the principles in the Constitution. And consequently, we allow the nonsense that's happening to happen. And we tolerate it and we agree with it. And that's how you end up with an executive order that says, Hey, just forgive $40 billion in student debt. Not a law, not a, not an amendment. Uh, 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 One guy out of 355 million who writes a pen, takes a pen and writes on the thing, forgive these people's debts. That's not a president. That's an emperor. The constitution is not broken. We, the people are broken because we're not doing our job of being virtuous citizens. And I think that if we concentrated more on that than on this idea that somehow or another we're going to magically get the Constitution back in order because through an Article 5 convention, which isn't going to happen. But we're wasting our energies on that instead of the things we should be spending our energy upon, which is getting people to be virtuous, engaged citizens. guarantee you that go a lot further than this waste of time on an article five convention take the time right now tell the people that matter in your life you love them very much you'd miss them if they weren't there so don't pass up those opportunities you don't want to have that regret plausibly live i'm dave bowman we'll see you next time for the dave bowman show